Hey there. This is Rachel Lee. And Robin May. And this is The Problem with Perfect, the podcast for people who want to be freed from the joy-sucking, energy-taking, and judgment-clouding quest of perfectionism. We'll be sharing our own struggles and interviewing experts on how to be authentically imperfect. Because let's be real, who wants to be around someone who's perfect anyway? Together, we can transform our thinking and let go of those thoughts that say we have to be it all and have it all to be worthy. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. We are live from the loft. Hi, Robin. Live from the loft. I'm out of my short little quarantine and happy to be I here know. with you. Don't you love COVID test results? Because Woo. then we just know for sure. And I do. Yes. Yeah. It's nice to be safe and nice to be with you. And yeah. um, there's a lot of... A lot of people that are struggling with um, decisions about the holidays right now, about COVID and how that impacts things, and um, which leads us into this conversation we're going to have today about the extra stress of COVID added to holidays and and the beautiful relationship between (laughs) a mother and mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. Yes. 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 And I hope for some people out there, it really is a beautiful relationship. I know for me personally, it's, it's definitely evolved over the years and I've grown to love and appreciate my mother-in-law in a way that I wish I could have, Yeah, you know, 26 years ago or 27, however long it's been now. But, um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking with Sarah Haslag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk in an episode about why you and I love her and how we got to know her. But the thing about Sarah is that so many women around Columbia have been impacted by her yeah. and nourished by her and led by her. She just pours herself into these relationships and... Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough for her to pour into me. And so this this conversation today about um, the tension between mother mm-hmm. and daughter-in-law um, is something that I've, you know, talked to her personally about. Mm-hmm. But then I know that I'm not the only one. Like, there's yeah. so many people that struggle with this issue. And why is that? And how can we get to a better place? Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and bring her on the show. So welcome, Sarah. Welcome to the show, Sarah. We're so excited to have you on The Problem with Perfect. Thank you all so much. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited too. And so we all have a really fun connection Mm -hmm. for all of our listeners at home. So this is actually the second time that I've got to interview you, Sarah. I interviewed you once for a story just talking about Mm -hmm. um, what it looks like to have hospitality. And I think that that is... uh, going to probably maybe come up a little bit in our show today, but so you ha- you and I have that connection and then you and Robin have a really fun connection <laughs> as well. Robin, I won't steal it. You can go ahead and tell our listeners. Well, during my living in Kansas City days, which seemed like forever ago, but yet they were just a few months ago. So living in Kansas City, feeling really sort of disconnected from my people in Columbia, but also feeling like, you know, I just need to admit that I need a spiritual mentor. Yeah. Like I have all these different mentors in my life, um, but uh, just somebody who can like mentor me in the word and my spiritual life. Um, Somebody that could just kind of pour into me in that way. And, um, I was praying about it and journaling about it. And Sarah's name just kept coming Mm. to to mind. And I decided if this, if this ends, when this ends and we get to go home, I'm just going to ask Sarah if she would mentor me Mm -hmm. spiritually, which it's not like Sarah and I have known each other and had these deep 
conversations. It really was just something that God laid on my heart. So um, doing what every responsible 40-year-old woman would do, I sent her a text. (laughs) What, Robin? (laughs) This is so funny because we did a full episode on mentorship. And if you don't have a mentor, like how to approach it and the best way we talked about how it's awkward to ask. I love that you just sent her a text because you would... (laughs) You would have laughed at that in our episode. I know. Well, it's it's harder to practice what you preach. <laughs> I'm real about that. So I sent Sarah um, a text, and uh, and she's been so gracious to pour into me. And uh, there are so many things that I respect and admire about Sarah. And one of those things was what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, how do we approach and improve and think about and strengthen our relationships with our in-laws, specifically our mother-in-laws. Yeah. And I, I love this. I'm like, I I don't even know what's going to be said, but I already feel like it's going to be juicy. And so I'm really (laughs) excited, but I think it would be really fun just for our listeners. So they know for the three of us to go around and kind of like state where we are, Mm. like, are you a daughter-in-law? Are you a mother-in-law? Like, what does that look Mm -hmm. like? Yeah, that that's great. So Sarah, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, thank you again. It's so fun to be with you all. Um, I uh, was a daughter-in-law. My mother-in-law's passed away, but um, yes. So um, I had a wonderful mother-in-law. We had our challenges um, and it was a bit difficult, um, but um, she was dearly loved. And um, I am a mother-in-law. I have one sweet daughter-in-law. Um that lives in Nashville and they have three daughters. Mm -hmm. So I get to be a mother-in-law and a grandmother, which adds, um, Mm -hmm. another layer, um, to that role as mother-in-law. Another potential for conflict is what that is. Correct. (laughs) Correct. We'll talk about that too. My mom's about to be a grandma. So I'm like, Oh, this will be fine. (laughs) Not by me. Not by me. I should add that. (laughs) My brother and his wife are pregnant. Right. Yeah. Great. What about you, Robin? So I I just have to add, when Sarah and I were talking about mother-in-laws, I was Mm -hmm. shocked because Sarah is the sweetest, kindest, and and Sarah's the sort of person that you're never going to find anyone that's like, oh, that Sarah has love. That's true. You are like that, Sarah. Yeah, everybody loves Sarah. (laughs) Um, And so when Sarah said that she had had her stressful moments with her mother-in-law, I was like, really? Because that just added some credibility because I always look at any tension in my relationship with my mother-in-law, which I've, yeah. I've had my mother-in-law now for almost 26 years. Uh-huh. Um, I always think oh, either I'm like frustrated with her and it's all her fault or I'm frustrated with me and it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing that uh, Sarah being, you know, just the light that you are, that, that you had issues too was kind of like, oh, okay, okay, it's very normal. And then um, I do not have a son-in-law yet or a daughter-in-law, but, um, certainly in preparing for that. And I would love nothing more than to be a mother-in-law. That's awesome. Well, I think you will be eventually. (laughs) Yeah. I think so too. No pressure, Madison. (laughs) Or Matthew. (laughs) Or Matthew. Matthew, you don't have to online date like we talked about. Okay. Uh, so I'll go next. Um, I'm obviously not a mother-in-law at 26 and proud of it. And I hope not to be for a while, but 
and I also am not married. I will say, Sarah, since I left Columbia and I've come to Kansas City, I am celebrating my one year anniversary as we're recording this tomorrow. So I have been in a relationship that um, we go and see his family at least once a week. We have a family dinner. So there's like a steady relationship there. And I don't know if that counts toward anything in this conversation, but this year we have decided, um, my boyfriend and I to spend the holidays together. So that's kind of the lens that I'm coming from in this conversation. (laughs) So you're on the outside looking in thinking about how can I get this right? Which is the perfect time to be having this conversation. Yeah. Well, so I think it's fun that we all have like these unique perspectives as well, because I, and I think Sarah with you too, if just like after, um, you have a parent pass away, I'm sure that changes the dynamic and then you're a grandparent, how that changes. So I'm excited to have this from all three different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Sarah, you invest in a lot of people, not just me. And so over your, let's just say 20 years, is that fair? 20 years of investing in um, young women and young married couples. Uh, how, how often do you see this issue rise to the surface and cause some conflict in, in married situations or even very ser- serious committed relationships like Rachel's? I think it's it's a frequent conversation. Um, I facilitate a group of women on Monday evenings and I would say it comes up every week. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. And it's, it's not always, you know, a major issue, but it is a, it's a point of concern, you know, just kind of working through yeah. the frustration. I, I think, and I, I think that, you know, um, I think there's an expectation mm-hmm. that goes along with being a mother-in-law or daughter-in-law. Um, and I think sometimes that, that is, I think we come into it because there's such a stigma about both of those things. And I think mother-in-laws more than daughter-in-laws, yeah. um, that that is where we start sometimes. And then if there's a little bit of conflict, it seems to be a larger issue than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. And you can see that probably from where you sit in advising these um, <clears throat> these women, right? But whenever you're in the midst of it with your mother-in-law and the conflict, it, yeah, it I find that it, yeah, it feels big and it's much harder to kind of see um, more accurately what's really going on. Would you agree with that? I agree with that 100%. It's, it's always easier to be on the outside yeah. looking in. Um, but I mean, I think that's what is wonderful about community and about friends like we all are, you know, mm. to have somebody to say, oh, you know, remind us of grace and <laughs> mm, and yeah. um, those important things um, that, you know, we bring to all our relationships, right? especially family relationships. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to talk about today, Sarah, you have kind of three tips for us. And these are tips that whether you're a mother-in-law who's thinking about how can I improve my relationship with my Mm daughter-in-law, or if you're a daughter-in-law wondering the same thing, like, gosh, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Or if you're someone like Rachel, that's just on the outside uh, of that race, beginning to run it, really wanting to start Mm -hmm. your relationship off on the best foot, because I I do think now's the time. So, Mm -hmm. right. All right. So uh, Sarah, go ahead and give us your first tip for those relationships. Well, my first thought was, uh, Probably one of the biggest issues 
I believe is, is just expectations that yeah. we all come, mm-hmm. we come with these expectations of how someone should behave. Um, and I think, you know, expectations are a normal part of our life, but I mm-hmm. think they can be really subtle and we don't, um, mm-hmm. because when our expectations aren't met, you get frustrated or angry or anxious yeah. mm-hmm. or disappointed, you know, just yeah. this mm-hmm. and it, and, I'm sure we can all think a lot of that's just because of the expectation we had that wasn't met. Mm. And so I think if you, as a mother-in-law, have an expectation of who your child is going to marry, Mm. maybe they don't marry the person that fits that expectation. Um, Or as a daughter-in-law, you know, your son's family or mother isn't what you had dreamed of. Um, then I think you kind of start off on rocky ground. That would be hard. No, I don't know. So I'm curious. I have a question for you both then. Did you and do you currently have like a thought like, oh, I hope that, well, I already know, Robin, (laughs) but I hope that my son or my daughter marries somebody like this. And has there ever been a case where somebody's brought somebody home and it hasn't met that expectation? And what was that like for you? <laughs> well, I, I, I think your answer is probably way more interesting than mine, but I'll just say this. Um, whenever my kids have dated anyone, uh-huh. um, and I know this sounds trite, but you know, the, after they start talking about someone for a while, uh, my first question really is, is does that person love Jesus? Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. they're like, uh, you know, um, and so they, they know that that's a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, and, and in full transparency, uh, Madison's very serious boyfriend is, uh, uh, I think definitely loves Jesus. His faith tradition looks different than ours. Mm-hmm. And so there is some navigating that. And, and I think when you talk about expectations, a thing that I always have to realize is that we expect our expectations to be right. Mm-hmm. And we are normal. Right. We're normal. And the other family's not. Yeah. Um, because it is our normal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's that meshing of how do how do we mess mess mesh those expectations and those normals. And Madison is my age. Right. Or right around my age. One year younger or something. She's two. Okay. Yeah. So very close Mm -hmm. because, so I immediately came at that hearing your answer from like, if I were Madison and Mm -hmm. I'd be like, okay, well, but is that important to me? And like, what are my, Mm -hmm. and like, mom, whatever you think it should be about what I want. Yep. Yep. And, And that, that's, you're exactly right. And that is, I think sometimes the basis for conflict is that, and, and I read several articles in preparation for this today and you're dead on. It's like, you could have written one. It's like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that the expectations start because what you want in a spouse and what yeah. I want for you in a spouse are different. Are different. Mm. And there's even instinctive things for that. Like psychology would say that you, when you look at someone, you're assessing like, what, what would it be like if I procreated with this person like what would our children be like and like these totally subconscious things as to where um you know it is more for me like you know how will this person treat My you daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 interesting yeah okay so, what what about you Sarah well um because I'm kind of on the other side of that having you know a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law I can definitely, I, I think for my daughter, I had more expectation 
of who mm. I thought she would marry than I did for my son. But mm-hmm. um, Interesting. I had given them both advice along the way, people <laughs> that they dated. Um, but I think it's been fun to see that maybe um, both of their spouses didn't match exactly the person I had in mind for them. And it's just been a real testament to me of God's faithfulness and my need for humility because mm-hmm. these, they're, my son-in-law and daughter-in-law are perfect for my children. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because my initial thought may have been, I'm not sure, but it's been fun to see how they love and care for my kids in ways mm-hmm. that I could never have imagined. Aww. And how grateful I am that I didn't, question I mean you know to the point of ever verbalizing anything and just Mm. praying about it and trusting that God knew what he was doing and I didn't you know know what was best for my kids but um there's a lot of I think you know in that whole um cleave and leave you know that it's it's really important for parents to let their kids make those decisions and to be there and support them. And, you know, the best thing we can do is pray for them. Um, But to uh, keep our mouths shut. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) (laughs) Because we love our kids, but I do think, I do also think it kind of sets the foundation for the relationship you're going to have, Yeah, you know, with your future son or daughter-in-law, if they see just, how you've loved them well in the relationship, because just like Robin said, you can have differences, political difference, religious mm-hmm. difference. You know, I, our role is just to love them and marriage. I just always think marriage is so hard that why bring a, another issue mm, into the that's relationship? Good. Yeah. You know, I want my kids marriages to go well and last and my job as a mother to both of them in some context, I think more as a friend as they get older is to support them. And, and that takes a lot of humility, I mm. think, because you have to give up that control and just support their decisions and ask and care and, and love them. And, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi. Okay. Well, I guess I'll give my perspective yes, too. I love that. I, so I'm trying to think, I don't know if my parents have ever actively disapproved of any of my boyfriends. And if they have, they've never said it to my face, but I know that they didn't like all the girls my brother dated. Interesting. <laughs> and, uh, but I will also say, I feel like my brother would say this too. And he listens, so he can nod along to this, but I feel like my brother has always said, you make better relationship decisions than he did. Now he ended up marrying the most amazing girl ever. We love her. He got there. Yes. And he did date some amazing girls, but then he had some, you know, weird ones, but it's all good. So, um, I don't know. I think my parents have definitely taken that approach of I guess they haven't really shared their opinion either way, but I feel like now that I'm getting closer to having like that serious commitment potentially in my life, all they say is like, you know, just don't, don't rush in anything and like take your time. That's what my dad says. (laughs) My dad, I feel like if I never got married, my dad would be so happy. (laughs) 
I don't necessarily know if that's about anyone I'm dating, but I think he just loves that I'm like single and living my life. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I think my husband is ready for someone to help Madison with all of the adulting things that she doesn't like, like the DMV, the um, car insurance, the whatever, you know, those little details in life that, you know, gosh, they're just so frustrating. That's what she would say, you know. So I think Tom would like someone to help him with her, <laughs> with those things. That or he needs to just share the load. Or say, you know, you're on your own, sister. But he do, he doesn't mind. He loves he loves to like just being there and letting her be his his little girl and her needing him in those ways. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, and it's so interesting to me that that the relationship is typically more contentious between the mother-in-law than the father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I also feel like, tell me what you guys think about this, but since we're talking about specifically mother-in-law and daughter-in-law relationships in the holiday season, don't you think that women more so than men control the decisions of where we go for the holidays and who are we going to see and what is it going to be like? And so I feel like that's why it's potentially that could add to it. Sarah, I'll let you answer that. (laughs) Well, Rob and I talked about that one time. I, I agree with you completely, Rachel. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that in marriage relationships, they tend to lean towards the wife's family. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just, you know, I don't think guys just don't, it's not worth the effort to them if it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's any contention, you know, contention there, they just would rather things be easy and go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And so- Um, but I mean, I observed that early on, um, I'm one of four girls in my family and our house was always full of, you know, my sisters were all older and everybody was kind of always at our house for the holidays. And so, and again, I think that's where my expectation thing comes from is that I just assumed that when my sons got married, they would you know, they would spend more time with their wise family. Cause I think that's just what happens for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And I'm okay with that. And I think it's because, um, for many reasons, but it's just, it's the way it is. And if that makes my son's life easier, that is fine. You know, I, I, we just had this discussion about Christmas and we might go to Nashville where they live. And I was like, we can be in Nashville and I don't have to come to your house Christmas morning. Like if you want to have Christmas as a family, Mm. I'm fine with that. You know, it's being able to just support them and whatever that looks like. If they don't want to, you know, I, it's a hard line because I think traditions in the holiday season are Mm -hmm. really hard. I mean, I think we cling, I almost idolize traditions Mm -hmm. and, um, and I am just all about, do what's best for your family. And then we'll come in where it's convenient, but you don't have to be at my house. You don't, you know, I just want to support them as a family. Um, and that's and I know why that's you're hard. a great mother-in-law. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, that's why you are a great mother-in-law, I'm sure. But I, I can see what you're talking about with like traditions. And mm-hmm. I think even with your sons, you're saying they have their own families now and your kids are in a different life stage now than they used to be. And probably Mm -hmm. in the upcoming years are going to have different traditions. And I know I, for the first time told my parents, I wasn't going to be sending Christmas with them. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's just, 
it's hard. So what advice would you give to maybe that mother-in-law who had those traditions that she loved for so long Mm -hmm. and loves seeing her kids on the holidays? Maybe it's like you, Robin, where your daughter lives in a different city. And Mm -hmm. so you really look forward to it. And now it's like, she's not going to be there. What advice would you give to them? Because I think we all would love to be eventually in your spot where you can just say, do what's best for you and your family. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us are not in that spot. And so how can we deal with that? Um, Well, I think as you guys, I I think communication is just so important. And so the Mm -hmm. way you word things. So, you know, not making assumptions, which we do, you know, and just speaking to both of them. You know, I did a little survey on Instagram to ask and say, you know, whoever would respond about, you know, either if they were daughter-in-law, mother-in-law. And one of the biggest complaints was that mother-in-laws supersede the wives and go straight to their son. Mm. And as you were saying, Rachel, the wife is the one that really kind of runs the household most of the time and the decisions need to go through her. And so, so that's the context where I'm coming from is that I think you really need to be communicating, not just with your son, but with the wife and the son. That's good advice. Yeah. And, um, and talk about it, but don't, don't set expectations. Just say, you know, I'd love for you to be here. The one thing I never wanted to do because I felt this from my mother-in-law was just to feel guilty Mm -hmm. that, you know, or that kind of passive aggressiveness, but just to be real honest. So the way you, you know, ask a question and just say, I'd love to have you at Christmas, but if, if that doesn't work, that's great because there's 364 other days of the year. But but approach it and talk about it mm-hmm. so everybody has a chance to voice where they're coming from so there can be that understanding. Yeah. But I but go into it prepared to not get what you want. Oh, I think but that's key. I honestly feel like, as in any relationship, when you're humble and your love is for them that they'll want to spend time with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a wonderful relationship with my daughter-in-law. I mean, she is truly like a daughter to me. And we, she, you know, she cares for me in amazing ways. And I think part of it is because I have let them be a family. And so it's fun to spend time together when we get to spend it together, whenever that is. Yeah. No, that's, that's really helpful. Those are super helpful tips. I think I agree. And and you do, you make it sound so easy, but (laughs) the the easy thing about it is, is I think every mother would say, I do want what's best for my kids. And I want my kids to be happily married. I don't, I don't want to be the source of conflict Mm because there's so many other things in this world that can provide conflict. I don't want to be the source of conflict. Um, so I think that, that is the why that is the why we as mothers can step back and, and be selfless and say, mm-hmm. my expectations and my assumptions need to be set aside. And really, I want to do what's best out of love for you, which is what we've done their entire lives. Yeah. <laughs> so when you look at it like right. that, it's like, okay, I can do that. I can mm-hmm. do that. Um, and you talk about assumptions and communication. Um, I've told this story on the podcast before of Tom and I's first Christmas together. We were, we were about to, to be married. So we got married on New Year's Eve. So on Christmas Eve, 
We were there at his mother and father's house. We unwrap presents, we eat. And um, my tradition has always been that I go to my grandma's house for Christmas growing mm-hmm. up and into yeah, my- Yeah, same. Yeah, it's like yeah. not Christmas unless you're at grandma's. Yep. Well, I've had to grow out of that. But anyway, um, and so we're going to grandma's house on Christmas day because we've spent Christmas Eve with my, with my in-laws, mm-hmm. soon to be in-laws. And as we're leaving, I like have my hand on the door and my mother-in-law says, what time we all be here for lunch tomorrow? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I will meet you in the car, Tom. <laughs> and I sat in the car and watched them through the door go at it. And and honestly, that that memory, that trauma. Yeah, I was going to say that, that that probably stuck with you. It did. And just the, the ex- I got a little salty about the expectation. Like, oh, wait, well... Did you not even think that we might want to spend time with both families? Yeah. And so I got fussy about, you know, uh, my feelings weren't taken into consideration. Um, And now I can look back 20 some seven years later and say, or 26 and say, you know, I wasn't concerned about necessarily about her feelings. And certainly there was no communication, which is the other thing Mm. is like, is it, uh, is it just my husband, God love him, that struggles to communicate, but between me and his mother, or is that what you're saying? Like, let's just all communicate together. Yeah, I think all communicate together. A group text maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that goes back to, uh, the other thing was was a lot of daughter-in-laws didn't feel included in the family. Like, Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. into the family. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of along what you were saying, Robin, it's like, how can that be? And so is that the group text? Like, don't leave her mm. out of that group. Yes. What's it take to make her feel feel loved and part of it? And yes. I mean, some of it is remembering birthdays and cards and her special, making her feel special, just like you would any other friend or person, you know. Um, but, you know, what my son does, it like he and I can just be catching up on the phone. And then I'll ask a question that pertains to his family and he automatically says, you need to talk to Alicia about that. Mm. Like he, mm-hmm. he knows <laughs> to go to her, which I appreciate, you know. And so he doesn't put me in the middle, you know. He's like, have that conversation with her. And then mm-hmm. he's not in the middle either. But that I think that, I don't know if that addresses what you were saying, Robin. It's like, then, you know. I'm forced to communicate with her and forced isn't the right word in my, in my situation because mm-hmm. I love her to death. Yeah. But you know, it's like, they are not the middleman. Um, yeah. Because some of the girls were saying that they felt like their mother's like, and my mother-in-law did this. She would call and she wouldn't even talk to me. I mean, she might say hi, but the next word was, can I talk to Joe? Like yeah. there was, we did not have that relationship. Hmm. Um, so I think it, the mother-in-law should make sure the daughter's involved in the conversation, even if she knows she's not going to get the answer she wants. Yeah, that is such good advice. And I think that's so true just in my own experience as well. 
Like I know that, I mean, like I said, don't have a mother-in-law who knows what will happen in the future. But Brenda Keller, if you are listening to this conversation, (laughs) she knows I love her so much. And she'll tell me before I leave, she'll give me a hug. She's like, I love you. And she always includes me in the group text. The group text is big. That is so true. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, why is it that I feel so welcome in their family? And it's because I'm always in the group text. I get invited to all the dinners. I get invited to all the family hangouts, all the family vacations. And of course, like it took time to get to that point. But I feel like if that were to ever happen in our future, I would be so ecstatic to have her because I already feel like I'm part of the family, even though I'm not officially in it yet. And like I said, who knows? I'm not saying that that will happen. But I think that things like including yeah. her in the group text are really big. Yeah. And I see that too in, in Madison's uh boyfriend's family, just because the flip side of that is, is we want our kids to be treasured by the other family. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I so appreciate, um, Kyle's family loving on her and accepting her. And, and I also have to give kudos the other day, Kyle had what was, could have been a weird conversation, but I so respected him for it. Mm -hmm. Um, he he and I were alone and he said, you know, I, I just want to tell you, I feel bad about schedule for the holidays this year. And he's like reinforcing, you know, that Madison has talked to me about the schedule for the holidays. Yeah. And, uh, he said, you know, it's my family's year to have, um, Christmas day and the, you know, Madison's family, your family, the other families, cause he's one of four, mm-hmm. um, to have Thanksgiving, but that's a real bummer for you because Thanksgiving is your holiday, but Madison has to work. Yeah. And I just appreciated, first of all, him reinforcing the schedule. <laughs> We're all on the same page and he yeah. brought it up. So yeah, good that for is him. Good. Yeah. And yeah. he also admitted like, he knows that th- this year it's hard for us. Cause we kind of, you know, get the short end of the stick, have you, or, but you know, that's part of the deal of having an and you get to get this, Sarah, when you have a healthcare provider in the family, you just have the holiday when you can have it. Well, and I think that that's a really good point too, though. I've just saying like that you got the short end of the stick that, uh, probably when your kids grow up and get older and they get married and they start their own families and maybe they live elsewhere is that probably many times you will get the short end of the stick and that you are just expecting that it's like, well, this is a normal. And that's exactly what I heard Sarah say, like, yeah. you know, sort of have low expectations Yeah, and just know whatever's best for their family is okay. your, your best. I know. I'm like, sorry, we expanded so much on that first, first tip. Yeah. Yes. But I, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to that second one. <laughs> well, the one thing I do want to say though, if this is like a holiday talk is to remember how hard it is for your daughter-in-law or son-in-law to not be with their family that first Christmas. Aww. I don't know if you remember that, Robin, but I mean, if I can remember not being with my family mm-hmm. the first Christmas, mm-hmm. and it's really hard. Aww. And so to be extra sensitive to them and love them really well, because they're glad to be with your family, but they're kind of grieving, you yeah. know, not being with their own family. So That's I think a great to point. be extra sensitive to that. I'll have to report back how that goes. <laughs> I'm about, that will be, I'm about to experience that. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I would like to know. <laughs> what, what's the, what's the second tip we can all think about? Well, I was, I, I kind of talked about it, but it is just, I think the big one is just humility and, mm. and really, remembering that it's not about you. Um, 
you know, I think it's hard. You go from being the mom and the most important person in your son or daughter's life to some degree along with their mother or father. But, um, and that is not your role anymore. And um, I think it's good to have friends around you to remind you of that, you know, um, that it is, um, it's wise um, like I said before, to support them in whatever way that is and um, to step out like, again, I'm going to refer to some of what I heard from the girls that responded, but was um, just not showing up at the doorstep if you live in the same town, just not taking for granted you can swing by. Mm. Um, you know, asking, asking permission instead of just assuming, mm-hmm. um, you know, making requests, not saying this is the way I want to do it, but is it okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. And the showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I just thought, I wish everybody could see Robin's face. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> but I love her. But I love her and, and I love them. But No, but I get that because is. I would like want my house to look perfect. I'd want everything to be in order. And if somebody just showed up and I had laundry all over the place, I'd be like, oh, wait, don't come in. You yeah. know? Well, or just life oh, is busy. Would, yeah. What if you would just like you and your spouse were like looking forward to a movie night or something and all of a sudden mm-hmm. your in-laws show up at the door and yeah. what are you supposed to do? You know, what are you supposed to do? So I think that one of the other things was unsolicited advice. Mm. And I think that's really hard. Mm. And I think this is leaning more towards mother-in-law. And, and I think, I think, you know, the role of the daughter-in-law is just how to accept that. But again, I think it's about communication and, and not letting things dwell and then that resentment builds up Mm. and and that's hard because Mm -hmm. you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but I think I I don't know if that's because like your son is still your son and you're used to giving him (laughs) unsolicited advice and all of a sudden they're married and they don't (laughs) they don't want that and it's taken Mm. as you know judgment and criticism even if if you don't mean it that way yeah if, if it's not asked for um, I think that is kind of what it, judgment definitely. Yeah. Did, was there specifics on like, what do you guys think you, and even in your own experiences with having mother-in-laws, what type of unsolicited advice is most common? Is it like with how to raise the kids or with holiday plans or just your house, all the above? Because I, I don't know. I haven't had this happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I will just say actually our issues spurred from, I kind of said, these are, these are the things that I want for my kids. And she didn't actively, or she didn't speak against those things, but then she would do the opposite. Mm -hmm. And it did um, make me just feel very um, undervalued that my opinions didn't matter. Um, And, and, and just discounted. And Mm -hmm. so, and I was never brave enough to just say no, like that's not going to happen or, um, yeah. but I was passive aggressive about some of these things for years. And, you know, still to this day, sometimes I'll make snappy little comments about, mm. about things. Like I was anti Disney movie. 
Like we weren't going to watch Disney movies in our house. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Madison was three when we got the first Disney movie and it started off, you know, um, that would be frustrating though. I could see why. So, but, um, but I, and I don't want to share this in a context of that. I'm like, um, bashing my mother-in-law. I share it more in a context of, I wasn't brave enough, which a lot of people are like, you'll say anything to anybody, but I wasn't brave enough to, to confront the situation in a meaningful, positive way. And then I just got frustrated because Tom didn't. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and then you just fast forward and a lot of those things, it just becomes water under the bridge instead of addressing them and trying to get to a better place. Mm -hmm. So what would you say about that, Sarah? <laughs> I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think before you have kids, it's like maybe how you spend your money, um, or where you live, just, or if you should move for a job, things that really are not your in-laws business, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, because you're a new couple and you aren't, it's like, I think one of you brought up earlier, you, you're off to your, live your own life. And it's not, it's not under the context of your in-laws anymore, but for some reason we we need, you need our, you need our advice. Um, and definitely when grandkids come along, um, that respect, I will say, I think it's easy. It's, it's been a little easier for me because having a daughter that had kids first, mm. um, and she and I have a really good relationship and she can say to me, mom, don't come over or yeah, I can buy the boys something and she'll bring it right back to my house and say, I don't want this at my wow. house. And I don't get my feelings hurt because I lived in Dallas, you know, 800 miles away from my parents and in-laws. So I didn't live with, you know, in-laws mm -hmm. that came, they came twice a year. So I didn't really have them involved mm -hmm. um, when I was raising my kids and the good and the bad of that. I mean, I wish my kids had known them and, I, and it would have been nice to have their help occasionally, but I didn't have their in constant. Yeah. Input. And because my daughter lives in town I tried to be really conscious of, of that, but so walking through, um, being a grandmother with her has helped me, I think with my daughter-in-law. So I know just to ask, uh, I mean, I know what they like. I know they limit screen time. I know they don't like a lot of sugar. So if I'm going to do something that I know is outside the boundaries of what they normally do, I always ask, you know, and, I take cookies and things in my suitcase when I go to visit. And of course the little girls are in there and packing it off <laughs> and they're like, oh, can we have, you know, a chocolate kiss? And, I, and, and I'm always like, ask your mom first. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be now do I, I'm making it sound like I'm this angel. I don't always do it perfectly, yeah. but I'm just saying that I think, I think it's hard as a grandparent because you want to spoil them. And, mm -hmm. but I think again, in, in the sense of, what's best for the relationship, your relationship is to honor what they're doing with their kids. And, and yeah, it's a sign of respect. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So, well, I, I have one more question on this subject okay. on humility. So you talk a lot about how mother-in-laws need to like lower their expectations and have humility and all of these things. But 
what can daughter-in-laws do to show humility and toward the mother-in-law? Because I'm just thinking, trying to be empathetic, like that would be really hard to make all Mm -hmm. the decisions for your kids. And then all of a sudden you have to ask somebody else or Mm -hmm. you were the number one and now you're the number four, whatever it is, if there's kids, you know, I can imagine that would be very hard. So I think that in order to have a successful relationship, it needs to go both ways. And how can daughter-in-laws be uh, proactive in keeping that healthy relationship with mother-in-law? Well, (laughs) I think a lot of it is the same. Yeah. Um, A lot of the same things. It's just a lot of the same thing. It's just building that relation, wanting to build that relationship with her. Um, And I think probably there's a lot more kind of putting up with her. (laughs) And again, I think communication is really good. I bet a daughter-in-law has to give their mother-in-law a lot more grace. Um, And, um, but seek like my daughter-in-law, you know, for Mother's Day, we usually go get a pedicure or when I go visit, she's like, let's just the two of us go get coffee. You know, she's really, and she asks me, about things in my life that maybe don't line up with exactly where she's at. Um, but she's interested in my life. Um, and so she works hard at, um, loving me in that way. Um, and I'm sure that I know I frustrate her a lot, especially, you know, with the kids, I'm sure. And she just gives me grace, um, for some of that. I know. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think just loving them, but again, I think communication and not making assumptions like, oh, she doesn't like me or she's mm-hmm. judging me or, you know, I think I remember one time I was cleaning her house and I was just trying to be helpful but it came across as judging that she wasn't a good yep. housekeeper, but it's about having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And saying, you know, and I could just, I could just feel this tension, you know, and it was like, and I knew immediately having been a daughter-in-law, I think I knew maybe what she was thinking. And I was like, I just wanted to help him. This was not, you know, your house is, (laughs) you know. Yeah, you were just trying to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I I think if you hadn't had that conversation, Mm -hmm. that, that would have been really hard. Yeah. But I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. I, I think, yeah, I think you have to be gracious. I think um, you just have to keep talking. And, mm-hmm. and and maybe like Robin said, if you can, not be afraid to have that conversation. I think it's hard. Mm-hmm. But I know that I, my mother-in-law and I never really got along. And I never had hard conversations with her. And I look back and I think if I just had the hard mm-hmm. conversations, I think it would have changed yep many years of discontent on both of our parts. And it was, it's really sad. And also I think it would make things easier on Joe and Tom, right? If there wasn't that tension, because then it's difficult, you know, when there's uh, feel stuck in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they want to love us both and love us well. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I'll just add to what Sarah said. Uh, I think one of the things that now is, is helpful Mm. is that I'm, nearing that time in my life where I will become a mother-in-law and suddenly I look at that role a whole lot different. Mm. Like it makes me want to be more gracious to my mother-in-law. It makes me think about, you know, just even Matthew's illness, like um, how terrible 
to know not just that your grandson's suffering, but that your son is watching his son suffer Mm -hmm. and that she could do nothing about it and that she couldn't see them. Um, you know, just putting myself in her shoes is easier the older I get, which is a bummer, right? Because if I knew now what I knew then, if I knew then what I knew now, I would, I would have been a much better, nicer, Mm -hmm. more loving, gracious daughter-in-law than, than I was. And, and I also kind of expected my mother-in-law to nourish the relationship with me more so than I probably was putting effort into nourishing the relationship with her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's easier to, to look back with hindsight and go, uh, yeah, I, I did. There's some things yeah. I should have done differently. And, and it, I'm like you, Sarah, it mourns my heart because things could have been so different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, should we move on yeah. to the third point? So what's the third tip you have for us, Sarah? Well, this was, I'm not sure this is really a tip, but I think one of the hard things, and I think we've touched on this, so it's it's probably just kind of a, is, is just the leaving and cleaving, um, mm. you know, that their relationship, your son or your daughter, their relationship with their spouse can't be what it's meant to be mm. if they haven't left, you know, if they mm-hmm. haven't really left. Mm-hmm you and moved on to build this new family. And, and I think I, I think I sound like I'm that family isn't important and traditions are important, but again, I think it's that we idolize those things. And so I think you just really want to encourage their relationship and their growing together. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, do what you can to support that, mm-hmm. um, what, whatever that looks like. And it, and it's to be there for them and support them in any way you can. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, so let me give you an example of, or even like if my daughter was telling me too much about her relationship mm-hmm. with her husband, <laughs> you know, I direct her and say, you need to find your good friend who can speak truth to you, you, you really shouldn't be telling me that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to be there, but I think as far as that relationship goes, I may not be the best person because I, she's my daughter and I'm going to side with her yeah. in that. And again, I want her to t- talk to me about it, but there's a point at which I think it's best to direct her somewhere else. That's really good advice for me. I need to hear that right now. Well, it's having those clear boundaries. And I I think that's exactly right. And I I can see how that would become a thing where one mother-in-law now hates the other spouse because they're having marital issues. And they're like, well, I've been hearing about this for years. And of course the mom wants to side with their kid. And then all of a sudden now there's more stress in the family. Could it could and easily I think, happen. I think it could go either way because I think if you have like I have a great relationship with my daughter and she doesn't do this, but you know, she started talking to me a lot about my son. Um and I think I know my son's not perfect, you like think they are, but I still don't think it's it's healthy. I think it's yeah. good to, like I think boundaries was a really good way to put it, just to help them. Well, I think even if you phrase it like that, like I'm thinking if somebody is listening and maybe they're thinking through like their own family relationship, if you just say what you've been saying, Sarah, and say, 
Um, you know, thank you so much for talking to me about this. Like, I really appreciate the fact that you feel like you can be vulnerable enough with me to share this. And that means the world to me. I, I know that like what I want you to know is that I want your marriage. I'm for your marriage. I'm for you and your husband. And so because of that, like I've seen in the past with them, you know, people in my life that if you do come to me with these issues, then I don't want to end up being resentful toward your husband. And so because I am for your marriage first, I don't know if I'm the right person to talk to about this. And that's just an easy way to state Look that. At that. that was really well said. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was, that was. I and, and it's hard, like, because I'm just thinking in my situation where I value that friendship yeah. with my daughter. And I want to be that person that she wants to talk to and she wants to share with. And I want to be able to give her words of wisdom, but you're right. Like I, it, it, it's not the best thing mm-hmm. for me to be that person where I hear negative things about whatever, you know? Um, so that, that, that's really great advice for me. Yeah. Well, okay. do we have anything else? Any last thoughts? I, I think that I would just like to say that if you can move from expectations to gratitude, mm-hmm. it will bring much joy to your life. Mm. So that's I worth think, writing down right there. <laughs> that is well, good. I, um, I just think that, uh, you know, instead of these unrealistic expectations, and I think you have to slow down mm-hmm. to see those expectations as with other, you know, kind of sinful nature in our life, but, um, it's just to slow down. And if you're frustrated or disappointed and angry, why is it? And it's usually related to an unmet expectation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, take that for what it is and address it. And then just point yourself in the way of gratitude that you have this wonderful mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. you know, and, I just think that gratitude is is always the way to go. It's not going to yeah. change everything, but you can either sit in the disappointment of, you know, unmet expectations, or you can find joy in gratitude and thankfulness for all that you have. Absolutely. Well, that is a word. Thank you so much, Sarah. I've loved this episode. <laughs> I think that this is all really great tips. And this, you ladies have given me a lot to think about, about like what type of daughter-in-law I potentially want to be someday. And I want to have that relationship, like with what you're saying, Sarah, that my future mother-in-law would be like happy to be around me. So I think that these were all good tips. Thank you, Robin and Sarah for imparting your wisdom on me. <laughs> and Sarah, thanks for all the ways that you pour into me and all the other women. So yes. your wisdom is greatly appreciated. I love you girls. Aww, <laughs> Thank, love you. You. Thank you. Hey friend. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And Hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.